In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who thinks that you are very important. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I had a friend in college whose name was Apple Juice. That's at least what he told us to call him. And simply by having that name, it probably tells you a little bit of the character of who Apple Juice was. And this story will probably tell you a little bit more about the character of Apple Juice. Uh, One day we were going on a trip. It was going to be a spring break trip to Colorado. And before we left my tiny little Lutheran college in Nebraska, uh, we needed to stop by the local Walmart in order to pick up some supplies. And sure enough, so we stopped there on, on our way out of town in order to get the stuff that we needed. And so each of us kind of went our own way, and we were going to all meet up at the front of the store after we had finished all of our purchasing. And so all of us kind of did our own thing, and Apple Juice was the last one of us to go through the line. And Apple Juice comes through the line, and he has with him afterwards a a singular package of socks. And we kind of look at Apple Juice, and we go, socks? Okay, you know, uh, but what's the deal with socks? And Apple Juice said, well, I needed to buy something so that I could write a check for over the amount so that I could get money out. And and, uh, so we're all like, okay. And and that was a pretty common practice in the small little town in Nebraska that we were in. I doubt that you would get away with that at the Walmart on Tennessee Street. Um, But it was pretty common practice. And, And so Apple Juice got all of the money that he needed in order to go on this trip with us via that transaction. And he got socks. And so we said, okay, well, you know, fair enough. But... Why the socks? Why didn't you just go to the ATM and pull out some money out of the ATM? And he said, well, I have no money in my account. (laughs) But the people at Walmart won't realize that until Monday morning, and I'll be long gone in Colorado by that point. And so we, we hear that story about apple juice and we kind of wonder, okay, given what we just read in the gospel, would, uh, would Jesus look at apple juice and go, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. <laughs> you know, you are a shrewd manager here. Because what apple juice did, we go, well, that, that's not fair, that's not good. And we kind of wonder what's going on with Jesus when he says all of that stuff about this person who, if you open up a paper Bible, it usually has that little heading and it'll say the parable of the dishonest manager. And you go, Jesus, this is not a good parable. In fact, all of the other gospel writers agreed with us because they did not include it. Only Luke includes this one. So, so Matthew and Mark and John are like, ah, Jesus, that one's on the cutting room floor. But Luke's like, no, I think there's something to this. So, so Luke pulls it in and he says, hey, this is one of his parables. And to be sure, it is a difficult parable. 
it's a parable that, that really sort of messes with us because we go, we look at it and we think, okay, how is this a parable about how I should live my life? Because essentially that's what we think that all scripture should do. It should just be kind of like, okay, this is how I go about living my life. Um, normally, however, that's kind of not the way to look at a parable. Jesus tells these parables for a specific reason. And most of the time, the reason that he's telling a parable is that he's trying to boil down a heavenly truth, a, a truth about the kingdom of God that he doesn't think that you're going to understand without an object lesson. And that's the case here. And so Jesus is not necessarily in this telling you how to live your life. He's telling you about who God is. And he's telling you something about how God operates in the world. And how God operates in the world is an interesting thing. Because... Here, God is messing with you. In fact, I think Luke's choosing to include this narrative in his gospel recording actually is a beautiful, wonderful thing. It's a hard parable, but I think it's an artful parable. It's one of those moments in which we see Jesus really understanding who we are as human beings and tickling that and going, oh yeah, you guys think that you're, you're so smart? Well, check this out. Because what, what's the problem that we have with this parable? The, the problem that we have with the parable is that Jesus is being unfair. He, that Jesus is, is setting up this dishonest manager as sort of this paragon of virtue. And so we, we look at the dishonest manager who, you know, in the story, he gets fired because he's bad at his job, right? Uh, he, he's been squandering his, his master's possessions. And so because of that, the master says, turn in your account book. But if you follow along, before he turns in the account book, he sort of works things like an Enron executive. <laughs> yeah, he, he goes back and he's like, well, before I turn this thing back in, uh, let's figure some stuff out. And so he brings some people in. He's like, hey, so how much would you like to pay? And they go, well, I'd kind of like to pay half. Deal. The, the next guy, I'd, I'd like to pay a little bit less. Okay, that's fine. And we go, oh, that's, that's not the way that this should work. Because this should work with absolute fairness. And we like things to be fair and equitable. We don't like thinking about that there might be some kind of messy and muddy middle in this somewhere. I remember... One time when uh, I, I was in college, I, I went to 
church with, with a girlfriend of mine, and I, I remember going and, and listening to the sermon, and I remember she got all sorts of worked up about something in the sermon that the, uh, that the preacher said, because uh, the preacher used an illustration um, a, you know, kind of a story that helps you to understand the, where he was going with, with the sermon. So sort of like my story about apple juice. But his story was about a drug dealer and a pastor. And uh, somewhere in there, the pastor kind of, well, fibbed and lied and, and stretched the truth a little bit. But it was for the, the sake of the greater understanding of what was going on in the scriptural reading. But she just stopped. She was like... I, I just couldn't listen to anything after that because it sounded like he was telling me that I needed to lie. And I remember thinking, that's really dumb. <laughs> because he wasn't. He, he was telling a story that was trying to get you to think about the bigger point. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing here. But we fail to see that because, like the Pharisees, we get tripped up when the money gets involved, right? Oh, Jesus shouldn't have messed with money. <laughs> Almost anything else. We're usually kind of like, well, it's okay. You know, Jesus can get by with, you know, um, uh, workers receiving the same amount for not doing as much. That's close, but it's not quite the same as this. Here, Jesus is telling us that a cheater, a money cheater, that he is somebody to be adulated. And we go, oh, I don't think so, Jesus. Of course, we're okay with that sort of, you know, um, categorization in our lives with everything else that we do. So we're like, okay, I'm going to live a holy life in this way and not a holy life over here. But that's okay because I'm living a holy life over here. And, but over here, I'm going to cheat on my taxes. But over here, I'm going to go to church every week. And over here, I'm going to do this. And we get into this sort of way of living that we're okay with a whole bunch of sins, but eventually there are some sins that are so personal to us that we have to put our foot down and say, not that. But really what Jesus is talking about here is that he doesn't care if it's fair. He doesn't even care if it's wasteful. You see, in this story, what we find out is that Jesus cares about friends more than he cares about money. Which is kind of exactly the thing that Apple Juice cared about. Apple Juice knew that if he was going to go with us on our trip to Colorado, that Apple Juice was going to have to have money in order to make that trip with us. And he was willing to do what he had to do. He was willing to cheat who he had to cheat in order to get the money and the socks that he needed in order to go on the trip with us. 
And that is exactly what Jesus is telling us here about who he is. That he is willing to cheat who he has to cheat so that you can go on the trip with him. The big difference is that he's cheating himself and that he's allowing us to cheat him. He's handing us blank checks and saying, here, just write what you need. Not only will I give you what you need as you're writing it out, I'll even give you socks on top of that. Not only will I give you what you're asking for, but I will give you much more than what you're asking for. Now go and share your unrighteous wealth. Share that forgiveness of sins that you've been given. Share those blessings that you've been given. They're not yours, they're stolen. From God. But that's okay. Martin Luther once said that a preacher of the gospel should be nothing else than a beggar telling another beggar where to find food. Had he read this, he may have even said, a thief telling another thief where to find food. Because in reality, that's what's happening. God's left the doors open. And he said, come on in and steal what you need. Steal the forgiveness that you need. Steal the love that you need. Steal what you need. You're not going to pay for it. You're going to take it. And I've set it up that way. So now may you go out into this week knowing that you're a beggar. Knowing that you're a thief. And knowing that everything that you have is yours because of a gracious God who let you steal from him. And may you not go out thinking that your job is to repay him for what he's done. But rather may you simply have the thankfulness that you were important enough to him that he would let you steal from him. Amen.